Hey, everybody. Welcome to the MLB Extras Nationals podcast. Tim McMaster here along with Jamal Collier. We are back for the offseason. We're going to take you through the hot stove season all the way into 2019 to get you ready for the 2019 Nationals. Jamal, are you excited to be doing podcasts again? Oh, always, always. Course. All right, we're going to get you ready for the offseason, really, in this one. We'll talk about the needs for this team, what's been going on lately. But obviously, Jamal, the elephant in the room when you talk about the uh, Nationals offseason right now is Bryce Harper. And that's going to be the big storyline from right now and really since last offseason all the way and straight through until he makes up his mind of what's going to happen. Um, obviously, the team would love to have the face of their franchise back. Um, there's probably an argument to be made, and maybe Nationals fans don't want to hear it, that that money could certainly be used elsewhere as well to help improve this team. But as you see it right now on October 18th as we record this, kind of how do you see the chances here with Bryce Harper? Whether Does the team have a good chance to bring back their star? Yeah, and Tim, I mean, over the course of the next couple of weeks as we kind of continue to chat about this, I you know, figured this answer is going to evolve and change um, kind of a lot here, you know, this offseason progresses on, but I do think they have a good chance. Uh, you know, you talked about even dating back to last year, but it's really been, you know, two years pretty much since he won the MVP that this, this Bryce Harper free agency has been one of the, the most talked about stories in baseball. And kind of the fact that it's finally here is just, it, it is kind of a weird thing to, to think about it exactly that we, we're we still have not not really sure exactly where he's going to go, exactly what's what he's thinking or which way he's leaning. Um, I've never bought into the idea that he was had one foot out the door. I know that's kind of been a popular thing over the last couple of years about whether or not he'd be going to the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Cubs or whomever. Um, and I think those teams are all going to be involved. I think he's going to have a chance to, um, <clears throat> you know, he's going to is going to probably, you know, hear some kind of offers from all of them. But I think the Nationals have as good a chance uh, as anybody else. I think that. You know, when you look at a lot of the tiebreakers as far as, you know, just a team that he's familiar with, an organization that he uh, was drafted by and grew up in, and he really feels like he became a man. And I think he genuinely likes D.C. Um, so I think that it's certainly not a fait accompli that he is going to be out the door and, and, and not a part of the Nationals. Uh, they want him. You know, he enjoys it here and kind of made it very vocal, especially over the last couple of weeks of the season, that he you know feels like it's part of D.C. and this is his home. So I think that um, all things being considered, now he's still going to get uh, kind of the money that he's worth and, and definitely pursue free agency to the fullest. I don't think it's necessarily a guarantee he's coming back, but I do think the Nationals are going to have just a good a chance as anybody um, to make a real run at Bryce Harper and figure out exactly kind of what uh, sort of contract offer to make him. He's an MVP caliber player, obviously. He's an MVP in his background, and you want that guy on your roster. But of all the teams that could lose a guy like Bryce Harper, when you look at the roster and how it breaks down, the Nationals are actually fairly well prepared for plan B if Harper does sign elsewhere. When you look at the outfield and the emergence of obviously Juan Soto this year, they have Victor Robles, Michael A. Taylor, and what he can do at least defensively. Adam Eaton is still there. Um, I mean, if Harper goes elsewhere, the outfield is fine. Obviously, you need to find somebody to help uh, fill that production, but you could take that money and still turn this team into, into something that I think is very talented on the field next year. I think that's a credit to, to Mike Rizzo and the, and the organization as well as that, you know, losing Bryce Harper, who is, like you said, an MVP uh, caliber player, who is one of the best players in baseball and, and of this kind of just generation right now, um, to lose him but still be pretty well, they're pretty well set up if they do have to take that hit, especially in the outfield, which is probably their biggest, 
you know, bigger position of depth in, in the entire organization. You know, obviously what Juan Soto did last year was, was much, you know, uh, much ahead of schedule of kind of what they anticipated, what anybody anticipated. Uh, they, Victor Robles would have probably been up and getting a lot of those advanced last year if he hadn't gotten hurt. They're still excited about him. He's still their top prospect. You, know, you mentioned Adam Eden, like you said, Michael Taylor. Um, yeah, it's kind of been back and forth. So they, they really do have some, some, as far as in the outfield, they're pretty well set up. Um, I think that um, there are other holes as I think we'll talk about with this team, you know, you know, probably today and, and over the next couple of weeks is that um, there is a, a lot of things here or just a couple of different areas to address. And I have had a, a lot of Nationals fans that actually, you know, the last couple of weeks as we do these kind of uh, Nationals inboxes and kind of just get a gauge of what the fans are thinking. Um, there's, you know, even last uh, this week, you know, I got somebody asking me, would it be better to, to, to save that money on Harper and use it in other ways? And I think that, um, on one hand, that you know, perhaps that's true. I think it's, it's important to note that there's no salary cap. They don't have to, they, you know, it's not a certain amount of money they have to allot. Um, but they're also not working with a kind of free budget. And I think that when you look at the holes they need, they probably need another starting pitcher. They need to rebuild their bullpen. They need a second baseman. They need a catcher. Uh, I think a lot of those things are going to be somewhat feasible during trade. But I think also that's why they're going to probably have some kind of cap on what number they're willing to go for Bryce Harper and willing to commit to him for the future because they know that they want to not only sign Bryce Harper, but sign him and put a competitive team around him so they can compete the way they have for the past seven years. So, um, yeah, I think I think that's, that's very prudent to, to point out that on one hand, they're going to pursue Bryce Harper. They're going to make a real offer at him. I think that they're going to um, <clears throat> and are, are willing to anticipate to match whatever kind of offers that he, he gets out there in the, in the open market. Uh, but at the same time, they also are, are operating under some kind of budget, knowing that they need to fill, you know, at least couple of different areas of this team and it'll be inter- interesting to see how they navigate that whether or not Bryce is going to put some areas on hold or whether they can kind of do some parallel um you know maneuvering here as while he makes his decision or not or whether his decision may kind of hold up their all, whole offseason you mentioned all the needs starters yeah. catcher second base bullpen and it's interesting because the bullpen is something that they really built up over the last year and a half and then at the trade deadline kind of sent it back the other way. Now they have already made a trade. They traded Kyle Barraclough or they traded for Kyle Barraclough from the Marlins. They sent international money to Miami as the Marlins try to make a run at, at the Cuban prospect, Victor, Victor Mesa. Um, Barraclough is a guy with a big arm, doesn't always figure it out, but at times he has, he's thrown a lot of innings the last three seasons and has been a reliable guy. Uh, where does he kind of fit into the mix as far as rebuilding this bullpen? Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, outside of uh, Sean Doolittle as a, a team option that'll almost for sure get picked up, um, they don't have a whole lot of guys who are proven late inning arms. I mean, they've got some guys who they kind of liked, um, some young guys that pitched uh, last year, kind of in the second half there, you know, between Coda Glover. Um, they like what they saw from Jeffrey Rodriguez, who could factor in. I mean, you know, some Austin Williams that has spurts as well. Um, so I think they like some of the things they got for back craze, but um, they don't they, they don't have a, a really solid back in the bullpen like they had last year going to the season with Ryan Madison, Brian Kinsler, um, and Doolittle, then picking up Kelvin Herrera. So I think that, you know, the biggest thing for them, I think, is they, they're probably going to get a, a number of arms here just to come in and, and try out and see exactly what they have and what roles they can fit in. You know, Bearclaw seems like a guy who's perfect to slide somewhere late um, into the game to try to do some duties with Doolittle, especially if he can bounce back. He had kind of the rough uh, second half, I believe it was, last year. But other than that, <clears throat> you know, he's got the he's, he's got the big fastball. He's, he's had some success in the league as well. 
getting out late in game. So I think that's a, th- these are the kind of moves that I would expect them to try to fill their bullpen or try to maybe find a starter or two um, to help fill out their depth. But they're not necessarily trading away prospects, not necessarily trading away kind of from the, the top of their, their system, but trying to find creative ways for teams looking for international bonus money um, or, or looking for, for, you know, whatever kind of maybe fringe guy. I think a guy like Michael Taylor, maybe an extra outfielder that, that makes some sense that perhaps they can move one of those guys and try to fill their, their, their bullpen or maybe a starter or even a second baseman or catcher in that way. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they if we see more moves like this from them um, that seem a little bit on the radar, kind of minor moves, but they're trying to find something and trying to find somebody maybe looking for a rebuild or, or looking for a rebound or, you know, a bounce back season or something to try to, to, to fill those kind of needs. And the bullpen is, is the big one for that because bullpen arms are from year to year so kind of volatile. As disappointing a season as 2018 was, it does feel like the main core is still there. This is a team that, with the right moves, could certainly get right back to winning in that National League East. Now, one move the team made was uh, letting assistant general manager Bob Miller. He's not going to be brought back. He's been with Mike Rizzo for a long time. How does that type of move impact this organization, Jamal? Uh, You know, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, And I think that that's something I'm pretty curious about, you know, um, Bob Miller was was kind of had become Rizzo's right hand man, and and these guys go way back to their days at uh, Diamondbacks in you know in two thousand that World Series team, um, and they kind of you know were gone for a couple of years or for two years when uh, Bob was in in Cincinnati, but um, over the last couple of years, I mean they've been they've been kind of uh, you know the, it's been Rizzo's right hand man. And he's a guy who is pretty much responsible for getting him Trey Turner. You know, he's a guy who Rizzo goes to for rules uh, things, who goes to contracts. He, you know, he's kind of the, that that kind of guy for the Nationals. Um, and I think that, you know, how how they reorder their, uh, you know, their assistant GMs or how they uh, whether or not they hire somebody else from the outside, it's just it's an interesting move that I haven't gotten a real read um, from anybody in the organization. They've been pretty tight lipped about exactly what's to follow and exactly why this move was made and and and. And, uh, you know, kind of what the differences were between the two sides. So I think that, uh, you know, going forward, it, it, it might not change a whole lot. It, it potentially will just be kind of one less, you know, person for Rizzo to kind of bounce ideas off of. Um, but it also could potentially change a lot. I mean, especially depending on how much that, that you know, Bob Miller really kind of had behind the scenes going on and, and things that he noticed or he picked up or advantages they were able to, to uh, you know, to take. Um, whether it be in contracts, whether it be on the trade market or, or whatever it might be. Um, it's hard to really kind of know exactly what his influence was, but I think he is somebody who is going to be missed. And like I said, even Rizzo had formed a pretty tight bond, and I was, I was pretty surprised at the move um, you know, when, it, when it came out a couple of weeks ago. And uh, it'll be interesting to see exactly how they do it and fill this role going forward. A lot of things to keep our eyes on, and we will do just that over the course of this offseason here on the podcast. The awards season is going to be coming up. The Nationals are sure to have some finalists as far as that goes. We'll get into that in the coming weeks as well. For Jamal Collier, I'm Tim McMaster. Thanks for tuning in to the MLB Extras Nationals podcast.